We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Previously, Nick's biggest win, 36 points over Philadelphia. They lead the Nuggets here by 38. The crowd enthralling, enchanted by these Knicks with the knack. The crowd rises as time winds down. Biggest win of the season for the Knicks by 38. Rivadell and Malone work together back in the early 2000s here in New York. And the Knicks do it against the defending NBA champs. Right, who are coming here winning three consecutive games. The Knicks have won five consecutive now as they continue to roll. There's Malone. Kenny, he's wondering who let the dogs out. <laughs> Forget Donovan Mitchell. Forget Joel Embiid. Forget Giannis. How long until Nikola Jokic demands a trade to the Knicks? I mean, woohoo, boy. Holy shit. Um, I don't know. I don't know when is the last time that we saw something quite like that. Honestly, this is going to sound insane. Because it was, I believe, I believe, yeah, it's 28 years ago. It kind of reminded me, my old heads will remember this, of when the Knicks, uh, shortly after Jeff Van Gundy took the job, faced the soon-to-be 72-win Chicago Bulls of 1995-96 and beat them by 32 points at home. As I was watching this game unfold, that's the thought that entered my mind. Uh, the final margin was actually a little bit bigger than that. Final margin was of this game was 38 points. Um, these Denver Nuggets are not the Chicago Bulls of 1996. They are, uh, they are, however, the defending champions. Were they at their best tonight? No, they were not at their best. It was, it was the fifth game of a five-game road trip for them. I'm sure they were very much looking forward to getting home. And it's it's okay to introduce that context into what we saw because the Denver Nuggets are so good that even on the fifth game of a five-game road trip, they are not a team that you could fuck around with. And uh, 
they should still be probably favored to win the championship this year. Uh, they still have the record they do. They went into tonight tied for first in the Western Conference. They had won 16 of their last 21 games. Uh, Nikola Jokic might not win the MVP this year, but he's having another MVP caliber season. We saw that tonight. The guy is unfucking real. So you need to beat that team. And most teams in the NBA, frankly, are not built to beat that team. The Knicks, using, and look, well, I don't, I don't know where it's going to go from here. I still think they're going to make another trade this season. I still think there's going to be another. They're going to try to make a major acquisition at some point. That's a conversation for a different day. With the trade to get OG Ananobi on this roster, they did something that, interestingly enough, you know, I think it was fitting that this all came together. And now after this game, I think a lot of the national media is going to start paying a little bit closer to attention to the fact that the Knicks are 11 and two, or excuse me, nine and two since, since acquiring OJ and Um, They did something that was inspired as much by last season's world champion, Denver Nuggets as any team, you know, you could, you could go back to the 2012, 13 Knicks, you could go even before that to the to the seven seconds or less suns. And then obviously the, the pinnacle of the evolution with the with the Golden State Warriors of Steph and Clay and Draymond. And this notion of like small ball, right? That's always the use the term that was used, small ball, because you had Mello playing the four. And you, you know, and then after that you had obviously Draymond playing the five. It's never been about small ball. It's been about skill. And I'm not the first person to say this. God knows, because many have made this point before in recent years. But this game, the way it's being played now, is just about how much skill can you get on the court at once? And that is skill in every way, shape or form. Obviously, shooting is the skill that has taken you know, the lead in terms of what people pay attention to the most, which is why it's so gets often conflated with small ball because smaller players tend to shoot more. But I think more and more what we're being reminded of, you could go, you could go to the 2020 Lakers. Um, you, you actually could kind of, you could kind of go to the, the bucks of three years ago. <clears throat> Obviously the Warriors won it a couple of years ago. I don't think any team epitomizes it as much as last season's Nuggets. And they're epitomized by a two-time MVP who is for his size. I mean, when have you had that much skill and that much size in one package? And then all the way on down, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., KCP as your second smallest defender on the floor, really? And could do all the things that you need him to do, put the ball on the floor, shoot threes, the whole thing. And then obviously he's capped off by Jamal Murray as your one small guy. That's skill ball. That's skill ball. That's what it is. That's why they won the championship. They did not need to sacrifice size to get all that skill on the floor. That's why they rampaged through the NBA playoffs. So what did this Knicks team do? This Knicks team that went into the season where everybody was like, well, I like it. They're pretty heavy on guards, though. They got a lot of guards. They're really kind of small. Well, they went out and they took 
two of their two very good players on their roster, including Emmanuel Quickly, a guy who I don't think anybody watching this or or who have seen Emmanuel Quickly play would dispute that this guy is not immensely skilled. And they exchanged him those players. They exchanged both of them for. You know, it's unfair to call him the queen of the chessboard. Because he doesn't he can't do everything. But as far as a piece that unlocks everything else, OJ Anobi's kind of the queen of the chessboard. You know, I, I was texting someone earlier today uh, uh, during this game. I won't say who it was, but they're like, when, when's the last time we've had someone like this where you just put him on the opposing team's best offensive player? And then you not that you don't have to worry about that player. Listen, the, the rules, the, the way the league is litigated today with refereeing, there is no such thing as taking an offensive player out of a game. You cannot do it. But you could come pretty close, and you could certainly frustrate them to no end. And OJ Ananobi, what he's able to do, regardless of who the other team's best offensive player is, and you put him on that player and just kind of be like, all right, well, you know, that, that kind of changes the game plan. It tilts that aspect of the game plan in our favor, and then everything just works out from there. You know, people always try to comp- compare basketball players to the basketball players. The only comp that I could think of is, is Deion Sanders. What did Deion Sanders do when he was in his prime? You just stuck him on. Didn't matter who you stuck him on. You stuck him on Jerry Rice. You stuck him on. Uh, I'm trying to think of other other receivers from that era, uh, like uh, Andre Risen, Chris Carter, Tim Brown. I, I'm showing my age here. Um, didn't matter. You stuck him on any of those guys. Like, all right, well, I guess we're throwing to the other side of the field today. That's what it's like now when you're playing the Knicks. You're just not going to go in that direction, whoever he's he's guarding. And if you try to go in that direction, well, there's pretty good odds. There's a pick six going the other way. And boy, did we see that a few times tonight. So getting back to what I was saying before, though, this concept of skill ball. The Denver Nuggets, they laid the blueprint. The Boston Celtics of this year, and I hope I mean this when I say this, I hope Porzingis is okay. He had a, a tough fault tonight, I think. I don't think it was as bad on replay, but like, you know, because they they're they're they've had a great year. They've done it too. Size and skill. They don't have any positions that you could attack on the defensive end. Um and yet all of their guys that they put out there on the offensive end have so much skill. So they've done it too. You look at the Timberwolves to a lesser extent because what's the most important skill that you can have on the floor is that orchestrator. And yes, they have Mike Connolly, but Mike Connolly doesn't have the offensive game quite anymore where you want the ball in his hands all the time. So it's it's this delicate balance. What have the Knicks done? Yes. Do they still have pound for pound the the smallest, truly elite shot creator, orchestrator, engine, whatever you term you want to use in the NBA? Yeah, he's the smallest one of that elite group, but he's still part of that elite group. And what have you surrounded him with? size and skill. And when you look out there on the court and you see Julius Randle, I mean, Julius Randle made Aaron Gordon look like a rag doll on one possession there um, in the third quarter. Pound, pound, pound. Missed the shot. That's okay. I'll get the offensive rebound. I'll just go back up again. It doesn't matter. He could do that. There is not a better combination not non-centers, non-centers, because obviously Embiid and Jokic uh, are are in their own category. But like non-center division, 
Where is there a better combination of size and skill? True size, power, strength, meaningful strength, hashtag meaningful in the NBA than Julius Randle. When you now add OG Ananobi next to that freaking guy and you and obviously OG Ananobi comes with a whole different sort of you know presence on the defensive end and and not to not to mention some fun stuff that we're seeing more and more of on the offensive end. Oh boy. Some of those little middies dribble drop like we're getting into some fun stuff with OG Ananobi. That all made a big difference in the game. So Julius and then OG and then Dante DiVincenzo gets to do his thing. Um, plays bigger than he is with the with the rebounding. I, I, I think it's not someone we've seen targeted a whole lot this year. And then obviously when you throw Josh Hart out there at the two, you know, would you love to combine Dante DiVincenzo and Josh Hart at the one player? Sure, but then you, they'd probably be title favorites. So um, they just ha- and then when you throw in their centers, I mean, my God, what 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 franchise? What team has ever had a center rotation like this? And I think that's, I could have started with the centers. I made this comp during the halftime zone and it's going to sound ridiculous. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you all right now, it's going to sound ridiculous, but it was, it was the one that came to mind. So I'm going to go with it. How often do we hear players on the 1970 championship team talk about Willis Reed coming out of the tunnel? The soon, the, the second we saw him come out of that tunnel, we knew we had the game won, right? Because all of a sudden, Will Chamberlain, it's like, oh, you know what? We got someone to to go against you tonight. Well, Jericho Sims didn't, didn't hobble out of any tunnels tonight. Uh, Jericho Sims ain't going to win any league MVPs. He's not going to the Hall of Fame. He's not going to be one of the 100 greatest players ever lived. But what Jericho Sims did do tonight on the second night that New York's original backup center, because don't forget, we lost our starting center back in the middle of December, on the night, the second night in a row that their backup center could not give it a go. And you figure, oh my God, we're down Mitch. We're down Hartenstein. We're facing a guy who, like, if he doesn't get bored and decide to race horses full time, is probably going to go down as one of the 10 greatest players who ever lived. And he's at the peak of his powers. What the F are we going to do with this guy? Jericho Sims came out there from the opening tip and was like, you know what? He's going to get his, and Jokic did get his. He's going to earn it. He is absolutely going to earn everything he get, and Jericho, uh, everything he got, and Jericho Sims made his life, he made him sweat. He made his life difficult from the opening tip. I cannot say enough about how Jericho Sims and his performance on Nikola Jokic from the jump was such a massive part of why they won this game. And like, I, I, don't know how many Jer- points Jericho Sims scored. I, I quite frankly don't don't care how many points Jericho Sims scored. That's it. Scored two points. You could argue he was as important as any player in this game, other than maybe Ojananobi, who was in a class of his own. So, um, our centers, the Knicks centers, are a big part of that pressure. Chua. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm uh, burying him, but like I thought, he had a, a really really nice game, and. All the way on down. And this is a team now, partially because of the concept that I just talked about, but also just partially like what different guys want to do, what guys are good at. It all fits together. And shout out to Fred Katz, who was on the pod that dropped today and and the article that he wrote, excuse me, the, the column that he wrote yesterday. Um, Cause he nailed it. He's like, 
you know, all these trade candidates people are talking about, you could do a lot of things with the team. You do not fuck with the starting five. You don't do it. Because why would you? What reason is there to mess with this starting five, which right now is playing as good as any five-man unit in basketball? And you look at it and you're like, all right, well, what about this isn't sustainable? I mean, you say, all right, is DiVincenzo shooting going to fall off? I guess it could. This guy's been a great shooter since college. He's shown signs of being a great shooter all through his career in the NBA. He was a really good shooter in Golden State last year. He's getting great shots. And and um, I think Fred had this tweet. And it's, it's either Fred, Benji, or DJ. I, I get them all confused because I they're the only three people who I pay, pay attention to during games. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Fred, though. Said, like, they're making a point. The Knicks are making it a point to get set three-point shots. That was the, That is what their offense has been designed to do. And since Tom Thibodeau came aboard, he has revolutionized this offense in terms of their shot profile. It was the first thing he wanted to do when he came in here, and he did it starting that first year, and it's only gotten better since. Um, but this was like a new level where it's like, we're just, we're just going to hunt threes. And um, they did. And, you know, the like I, how many threes did they make tonight? Through, uh, through the relevant portion of this game, right? Through halftime, they were only making 42 point some percent of their threes. They ended up shooting 39.5%. Like, that's not crazy. We've seen a lot of games this year where the Knicks shoot 40% or around 40% from three. Like, they can do this. The fact that they are they are purposefully generating this sort of offense, and can they do that sustainably moving forward? Yeah, look, I get it. Denver was not defending at an A plus or even an A minus or even a let's be frank, a B a B plus level tonight. But what Denver is, they are still long and they still know what to do and where to be. They still know basically how to execute on every possession because they've been together for so long and they've been through so many big and tough games. Um their effort does not need to be maxed out. The Knicks were putting pressure on them. And how are they putting pressure on them? Well, they're putting pressure on them with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. And like, look, I haven't talked about it yet. I'll say it now. I mean, it should go without saying Jalen Brunson deserved to start the All-Star game. I don't think anyone's anyone would dispute that. It's not even really a conversation as far as I'm concerned. That's why I'm not like, what am I going to do? Yell and scream about it? He deserves to start the All-Star game. Anybody who doesn't think he deserves to start the All-Star game is a fucking idiot. Um, so he deserves to start the All-Star game. And that's because he's been one of the 10 most important players in the league this year. That's how good he is. He's more than good enough to generate offense. And when I say generate offense, I, I use that term purposefully because yeah, he'll get his shot if you single cover him and he'll make enough of him to make you pay. But that's not all he's been doing. And um, you know, tonight he only had four assists. His his passing, especially since the OG and Obi trade, has been has gone up a level. And I don't think that's because he's suddenly become a better pass overnight. I just think this offense functions so much better when you have a guy who's automatic from the corners and who like OG's cuts to the rim are just so freaking dangerous. So that opened up the offense in a lot of ways. So you have J JB at the kind of the alpha, you know, so if he's the alpha, I guess that means Randall's the Omega. And we've seen teams obviously fluster Randall before. 
I think he's been getting better at it. I think he's been getting better at handling all that stuff. And he had one bad turnover in the first quarter. I frankly don't remember another one. I thought this was one of Julius Randle's best games of the season. I know he scored a ton more points, but his ability tonight to, and this is always what it comes down to with Julius, the balance between, it's not even a balance. How many, how many correct decisions are you making? And tonight I saw a player who made almost exclusively the correct decision. And it was, it was funny watching the game there in the third quarter. And uh, I think it might've been the opening basket of the third. Julius had just a perfect place pass to put the Knicks up 24. I honestly forget who even hit the basket, but it was just like double starts to come. Someone sagging off someone else behind the three point line. All right. Julius is going to rocket a pass made three point bucket. Later in the same quarter, midway through the quarter, Julius had a drive that put them up. I forget what it put them up. 26, 28 points. I, I had lost track at that point where he was kind of juking, 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 and then boom, hit the, hit the lane high off the glass in. That's why you have to double him. That's why he commands the attention. So if you have Jalen Brunson commanding the attention and then you have Julius Randle commanding the attention. And yes, I think it's important that Julius is taking more threes again. It was absolutely part of the equation two years ago or last year, excuse me. And it needs to be part of the equation again. So I'm happy he's ramping that back up because that, that will only help him because then you will not be able to sag off as much, um, you know, and just assume he's going to drive. So when you have those two guys, OG doing what he's doing, Dante DiVincenzo, one of the best off ball three point shooters or three point threats in the league. And then you have name your offensive rebounding machine in the paint. I mean, where's the hole? Where's the hole? Where's the gap? Where's the soft spot? What are you going to do to slow down this offense? I, I don't know what the answer is. And then when you factor in the OG piece on defense, and then it slots DiVincenzo into place. And then obviously when we have, I mean, again, Sims did an amazing job tonight. Precious has been great on defense. Um, but like when you get a Mitch or a Hardenstein in there to have, to be your back line and, you know, as long as Julius and Brunson are just giving it their maximum effort, that's enough. That's enough. And all of a sudden you look up and you see a team. And then when you get, I thought Grimes' minutes were really good minutes tonight. I thought his defense was exceptional. Truly exceptional defense. He drew an offensive foul that was key. Um, you know, uh, DJ's all, always all over his uh, point of attack defense and specifically the screen navigation on the point of attack defense, which they will absolutely miss um, if they trade him away. Actually, that might have been Benji tonight. Again, I get I get them confused. Um, but he had a he had a really nice game. Finished obviously seven eleven from the field, nineteen big points. McBride knocking. I think he knocked down his first four threes tonight. Where did that come from? My lord, um, it all looks pretty good. I mentioned Josh Hart. I thought Josh Hart played a nice game. You know, doing doing all the Josh Hart stuff. It's a really good team right now, and it's not just tonight. It's not just tonight. It's since the trade, and it again it is it is amplifying and perfecting and honing. And in a way, simplifying a formula that already worked and just making it better. So, yeah, um, pretty fun night to be a Knicks fan, to go 11 games over 500, to um, 
really, I think, kind of, if there weren't already raised eyebrows across the league, raise a few eyebrows across the league, be like, oh, okay, well, I guess this is a team that we have to take seriously. Now, could they go out on Saturday afternoon against Miami and absolutely like lay an egg? Yeah, because that's, again, that's every team in the league, pretty much. Um, and we saw, and how do I know that? Because we saw it two nights ago when they came out against the fucking Brooklyn Nets. And even before that, when they came out against the Washington Wizards, because this team is not above playing down to its competition. Like, but, but this was a great reminder. And I'll end with this. This team now, and I'm sure somebody, um, has tweeted this out. So I apologize who, who I'm stealing this from. I, I don't know, but, Nikola Jokic won uh, two MVPs in a row. Joel Embiid won the MVP last year. Unless he gets hurt, Joel Embiid's going to win the MVP this year. That's four straight MVPs. They went out and they played those two teams that had those, that the guys who are going to soon own four straight MVPs and they beat each of them by 38 points. Like, that's it's not an accident. You know, this team could do that. This team is capable of that. And I'm really looking forward to watching them for the rest of this year. Um, you know, I know this is not the night to talk trades. Still excited for the trade deadline because I, I still believe that it, they're, they're going to be a little bit easy to defend at times when it's the bench unit in the playoffs against the very best of the best of the best. Uh, So, you know, we'll see about that. But man, if you're a Nick fan, obviously if you're watching this, you're probably a Nick fan. (laughs) Pour yourself some tonight. I I certainly did. Um, It's a great night. Really fun night. And not, not, not any kind of a finish line. This, this team has obviously much bigger goals than to beat the defending champs uh, on a, on a, a, end of a five game road trip in the middle of January or end of January. But this felt significant. This felt significant. So uh, let's do it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Andrew Claudio, you want to come up here and you, you got any victory laps you want to run? My goodness. And this is why I need your help, Jonathan. Sure. I'll try. 
So I'm not going to take 10 seconds to laugh at the Denver Nuggets of the defending champs and Please deserve don't. better than that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I have a lot of respect for the Nuggets. They're the defending champs. You're where the Knicks want to be. I am going to plug the pregame pod because I had the same pessimism that you had at the end of the Nets game where it's like, I got no confidence going into these next two games. The Knicks played horrible tonight. And I want to shout out Ryan Blackburn, who said the Nuggets were on their fifth game of this road trip, and I expect the Knicks to win. And I was like, we're not going to have Hartenstein. How is that possible? And very early on, and this is where you appreciate the Knicks and may get a little reckless as far as I'm concerned in your evaluation, stepping on the throat of a team that was due for a schedule loss. Now, schedule losses can happen. Like we see, we saw the Knicks lose one in against the Clippers earlier this year. But the bigger takeaway from that Clipper and the Pelicans. game and the Pelicans, that's that, you know what? That's the other one. But the bigger takeaway from the Clipper game was, oh, my God, look at the Clippers. And I think if you were a Nuggets fan going in and being like, this is a schedule loss. The other takeaway is, oh, my God, look at the Knicks. And it's why, like, if they were playing any other team on Saturday, I'd be so ready to be like, how high can this winning streak get to? But I... I'm I'm so terrified of the Miami Heat. I'm so afraid that the, well, the, this Saturday they're going to figure it out. Yeah. So I actually have a hypothetical I want to ask you because you sure. share the same respect, maybe not the same fear as me as the Heat, but you definitely respect the Heat more than I do. <laughs> if they had Detroit's record, would you still be afraid of them? I don't even know how to answer that because they were a Pat Riley team. Would actually that's a lie because they were, they were the, ten and thirty one a couple of years ago. Well, not only I go back the further one, I go to the two years after the Wade Shaq championship when they started, I believe, 10, 10 and 40. The, the Michael Beasley year. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they, the, they ended yeah, up with the pick yeah. that got Michael Beasley. Yes. So, yes, a Pat Riley team is capable of, of starting off with that, that record. Point I don't is, even know, would they still be the boogeyman? And I, would I still be allowed to be afraid of them? You know what? If Jimmy Butler is on the other side of the court and to a lesser extent, Bam Adebayo and Eric Spolster is coaching them, then yeah, they're still the boogeyman to me. Okay. I'm glad you feel the same way because I, I'm, I'm, I want this win now. I want to test how great they're playing against the boogeyman. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of, and this is the only baseball reference before we get to betting and sweat. 2006, the New York Mets ran rough shot over the National League for three and a half months. The Braves were a fourth place team headed for 95 losses. They were still the 14 straight NL East defending champions, right? And they went up to Atlanta for one series and I was like, you know what? They've beaten everybody else this year. Now go take care of business against the boogeyman. I want this win on Saturday, John. I want to get rid of the boogeyman. Listen, we took care of the boogeyman in a couple of important games last year, and the boogeyman still came back to get us when it when it counts, which is why ultimately um, the book on this next team will not be written until April. Um, to to that end, though, mm-hmm. to that end, though, this Eastern Conference. I mean, it's been the theme. I. I I mean, for me, it's been the theme since before the season started. It's become more of a theme now, and I think it's been emboldened by how some of these teams are performing, specifically the Cavs. I mean, you, you cannot say enough about what Cleveland's been doing. And I know I, I, I shouldn't have to tell you because you're the third host of the Chase Down pod. Clearly. Uh, but yes. Uh, this moves Knicks into, se- into fourth. Uh, and half game up on Cleveland, and perhaps more importantly than that, three games up on Indiana and four games up on Miami. I like to get in that four or five 
You know, and I'm not saying we can't, Knicks can't beat Philly in the first round. I'm not saying the Knicks can't beat Milwaukee in the first round. I'm not saying the Knicks aren't capable of catching Philly for the three spot. I truly, I'm not saying any of those things, but wh- whatever you got to do, whatever it takes, right? Cap, whatever it takes, get in that four or five. And that's why for as great as and exhilarating as this win was tonight, um, every win matters a lot for this team. And I think the reckless side of me is agreeing with you, the four or five would be great, but I'm starting to broaden my horizons a bit. And it, the, the everyone being important may be because we want to host Milwaukee in that second round series, not have to go to Milwaukee Man. for game seven. One, one step at a time. They have, right. of, they have a lot of ground to make up. Um, I, but it, you know what the nice thing is? I don't, I don't have to. F- I don't have to sit here and feel like I'm pandering to a pie in the sky that is not real, because that's. I mean, I mean it in my bones. What OG does for this team and this defense, it's game changing. And who the who the fuck wants to play this team with this mm. friggin' guy out there running around doing what he who like what who would want that? They might. Be like, all right, we can beat the Knicks, but who's looking forward to it? Like, who, who's be like, yes, this is what we want to do for the next two weeks. Well, you know what it is? Like, you compared him to Dion, and I'll take it a step further. It's like if Dion was also Randy Moss. Like, <laughs> he also has an impact on the offensive yeah. end. No, he does. Is pretty elite and makes yeah. everybody better and makes defenders like yeah. honor him. That it's just it's. They've gone to a different tier. I don't know where they are in this next tier. I don't know like if they're at the bottom of the second tier, but but, but it's the size goodness. again. Because it's the size. Because you you have to honor his size. And and again, the, the little flashes of skill that he showed tonight, um, not just tonight, he's obviously he's done this throughout his whole career. Like he's there's a reason the guy has pined for a little bit more on ball opportunities. It's because he can do some stuff. I know he's not he's not great, he's not the best wiggle in the world, but he's he's he can do some stuff. And um which is and, and the last thing let's we'll, we'll move on. I I genuinely do feel bad thinking to myself on the back of my head, man. I want to make I want to get one more piece, you know. Especially since Grimes had a great night tonight. You're allowed you know, to think that and, way though, because and, this is the new acceptance that we have. This is a new reality that the Knicks have. We're not just like okay with the four or five. That's how good I think they're showing themselves yeah. to be. That maybe and, it look. I'm trying. I'm not. I don't want to steal DJ Zulo's take. But he's openly asking the question on Twitter, why can't this team make the finals? Why can't this team with two all NBA caliber defenders and two all NBA two all stars on it? Like, why can't that meet that, that team make the finals? And you know what? The time to ask a potentially reckless question like that is after you beat the defending champs by 38, two weeks after you beat the runner up in MVP, or excuse me, the reigning MVP, Modern's way to his second MVP in his building by 36. They're two. I mean, Biggest wins by margin outside of the whatever the Blazers game was, right? It is Nuggets. And Julius and Ju- Julius didn't even play well in the in the Philly game, which is what's really wild. Um, if Julius is going to play like this, if Julius is going to play, he, he's the key. Mm-hmm. We know what Brunson is going to give. If Julius is going to play like this, um, need, again. Love what Sims did tonight. Adore what Sims did tonight. Adore what Precious has been doing. Get both centers back. Uh, 
you do probably got to make a move. That like, I, like that's why more, I do join you. And like they do need to make one. I'm move. fighting Even it. He said like I'm fighting it. I, like, make, why can't they make a small? They don't have yeah. to go get Dejounte Murray or even. No, I, no, please don't get Dejounte. No, they don't. But again, to Fred's point, they, they have something that's not just working. It's working like at the top yeah. 100th percentile of the league. No, they the they, they need they need a, a a touch a touch more juice. So you know to to put a little bit more, little bit more pressure because we look we we've seen it before. God knows we saw it in the Cleveland series, we saw the Miami series. Playoff, playoff, uh, basketball. It bogs down, bogs down. Doesn't matter what your team. It doesn't matter who your team is. You know, unless you're going to be in a series like Kings Warriors, where they both, both sides just said fuck it. <laughs> Most of the time, playoff basketball bogs down, and it's like, where where's the juice coming from, right? Because we're, we're we're feeling a little low right now. Need a little bit more. That's that's, and then and then you want to tell me, hey. I'll take my chances against anyone. Fine. I'll. I'll. Then we could have that conversation, um, because of what OG has done, and obviously because of of Jalen Brunson and, and Julius Randle all the way on down. I agree. And the fun part about what this season has now become is that every night the Knicks are a safe bet to give you a good performance, and potentially even a safe bet to bet them to win. Speaking of safe bets, Jonathan, shout out to the fine folks over. At Prize Picks, John, would you like to read uh, the ad read? I would love to. Uh, so, listen. The only thing more fun than watching the Knicks kick the shit out of defending champions is watching the Knicks kick the shit out of defending champions and winning some money. If you too would like to, to get up, we're killing it with these transitions today. Look at us. <laughs> Go to prizepicks dot slash kfs and use the code kfs for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Um, again prizepicks.com slash KFS. Use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. It is daily fantasy sports made easy. Um, I'm curious where folks went with or what folks went with tonight. It's funny. I made the joke the other day about how Jalen Brunson two and a half threes is like stealing money. Only made one tonight. So (laughs) let's see what happens here. So first one from GMAC. This is Jalen Brunson over 30 Five and a half points and assists. Obviously, someone did not count on this being a blowout. <laughs> I did not realize that he wasn't going to play the fourth quarter. Jalen Brunson played 27 minutes tonight. Brunson, 27. DiVincenzo, 26. It's funny. I was watching DiVincenzo out there with, with like five minutes left, and you're still out there. I'm like, what are you still doing out there? Because he hadn't played any minutes. Um, somehow, Randall still gets to 30, though. Uh, all right. Nikola Jokic, XJ, went over... 47 and a half points, rebounds, assists. So we're going to see me do a little quick math. Uh, 31 points, 11 rebounds, three assists. That total is 45. So XJ just misses. Just missed. Can I just beat? It's a bad beat. 15 seconds. I, I know. I know Jokic just scored 70. Actually, why just scored 70? Sorry, B just scored 70. You know what? I'm not going to. How about we do this? This is this is going to be wild. When's the last time that we've had two centers in the league playing as well as these two guys are right now? Got back to the 90s, right? So that's well, that's the obvious is like, well, at some point during the 90s, two players two like when as I've brought up many times, as I as I rant and rave about the new All NBA rules, once upon a time, Patrick Ewing, fourth in MVP, did not make All NBA because he played what position? Center, and the three best players in the league ahead of him played center. I I guess 
I guess then when you, when you, Elijah won Shaq Robinson and Ewing were, you know, when Jordan was retired, arguably four of the five best players in the sport playing the same position. That's the year I'm going back to like Elijah Wan, Robinson, Shaq, Ewing. And that like, doesn't include Alonzo, you know, Alonzo Dikembe, uh, Rick Smith. Um, so, but man, what these two guys are doing, wild stuff, really, truly wild stuff. He was great. I mean, Jokic, he's, you can't stop Jokic. You just have to make his life tough. Uh, you know, Sean, funny. Jokic not only left the game because he got hit in the eye by DiVincenzo yeah. and didn't play the fourth quarter and still only missed hitting 47 and a half points, rebounds and assists by four. No, the guy, the, the guy, I mean, the guy's unreal. I don't know what mm-hmm. else to say about Jokic. Um, Aaron Gordon. Um, for this from Sean with a W, more than eight rebounds and assists. Is that? Yes. Oh, this is annoying. Rebounds and assists. Go ahead. Go to the numbers. Count it. That's going to be uh, five rebounds, two assists for a total of seven. That's another bad beat. Very bad beat. Two very bad beats. And like it's a good bad beat because the Knicks blew out the defending champs that didn't play in the fourth quarter. You know? Yes. Uh, but uh, thankfully, we're going to have a win here because this is... I, I can't even read what it says. Dante DiVincenzo over 15 and a half points and something. It doesn't matter what the something rebounds, is. Yeah. Because he had 16 points um, and three rebounds to boot. Another great game from DV Chanzo. I didn't, you know, I, I waxed poetic about OJ Ananobi, and I know we're going 40 minutes on the monologue. So I'm going to, I'm going to say this extremely brief. You're good. What DV unlocked with this offense. And this, I, this is going to, I don't mean this to come off as a put down to Quentin Grimes, but in terms of an off ball threat and everything that is entailed with, with, what is required of him from that spot. What DiVincenzo has done to unlock this offense, mm-hmm. it might not be on par with what OG has done to unlock the defense, but it, it's damn close. I mean, you just throw it to the guy with a, it, anywhere within 30 feet of the basket. And if he has any space, he's firing and half the time he's making or whereabouts. It's, it's wild. Um, so kudos to, to Dante Vincenzo. I agree. And it's it's why the um what's it called? The the fact that uh hold on a second, I'm I'm adjusting layouts as we do this. Uh it's why like Quentin Grimes is not indispensable. Like I do think there is an important role for him should he stay on this team the rest of the year. Uh it's part of the solution that has been created with the starting five. Like that was the first move into being like, oh, this is working. Like it's, this just has worked better than with than what Curtin Grimes was, you know. It, it's honestly, and I don't want to talk this way because he hasn't been traded yet. I, I kind of think he will be. And by the way, I think much like for Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett, a trade could be very much the best thing for Quentin Grimes. It's not about the talent; it's about the use of resources. Because if you have a Dante Divincenzo who should absolutely be playing 24 minutes every night. And if you do want to have that pivot to go with some more size at the two and everything that that entails, which currently is represented by Josh Hart, we'll see if they trade for someone else. Maybe it'll be represented by somebody else. The, the number of minutes that are here for Quentin Grimes, I'm not saying that those 15 to 18 minutes are not important. They are in, they're very important, especially on the defensive end when he's defending at a high level. Um, but is there is there a better 
distribution of assets in terms of need for the the extra creation juice that I was talking about uh, earlier. I just realized I, I used the term creation juice, and I've I've been told to perhaps not use that term. Um, I couldn't imagine why. By whom? Uh, I what? By who? No, no one in particular. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. But I appreciated Fred coming on the pod and saying, like, I wouldn't give up Quentin Grimes in a deal for Bruce Brown because, like, it, it, again, if you're going to give that guy up, you better you better give him up for a piece that you know is going to solve. I don't. I feel bad saying solve your issues because the team won by 38 tonight. They they don't have too many issues, but like give like fill a, a specific need that's an important need. I agree. All right. I also said said thing. Last thing. Uh, go ahead. Uh, read the read the promo code. And then we have one more thing before we get to Super Chats. Go to prizepicks.com slash KFS. Use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. And then, of course, we have to play this after every win, John. <laughs> this is why they're winning. This undefeated since this game. Since, the, since we saw this, it pains me that we can't hear the music because we got tagged with a copyright infringement thing. Because mm-hmm. I love the song. That's the thing. Is it's like this is one of my favorite, favorite David Guetta songs. There you go. It's unfortunate. 